the news continues to be unsettling. There has always been earthquakes, pestilence, wars, tornadoes, but this plague feels different. Our Crosspoint shepherds have been checking in with the flock. Everyone is dealing with the pandemic differently. Emotions change often, and sometimes by the hour. One thing is for sure, the landscape is scary, and the future seems dark. It's normal to be afraid, but this universal fear also feels different. I've been in James for eight weeks now, and would normally take a break as we enter Holy Week. Palm Sunday had to be scheduled, and it was a standalone message. But I never thought it would be in the midst of COVID-19. I never dreamed of having the doors closed on our church, and that I'd be speaking to you over the web on Palm Sunday. Over this last week, God gave me three messages. I wrestled through all the texts and prayed and literally landed on the Psalm 23 runway. So this morning, we're going to look at King David's beloved Psalm 23 and end by praying through Psalm 23. But before we dig in, let's pray. Our Father, our hearts continue to be heavy. It's dark now and, and feels like it's only getting darker. COVID-19 has affected us all. Your church is gathered, even though we're separated. And today we cry out to you. We cry out for healing and protection and for an opportunity to be salt and light. Yet, Father, we're confused and we're discouraged and we're perplexed. We don't understand your ways, but we are trusting you. We don't understand your timing, but we are trusting you. We know you are merciful, even though it's hard to see at times. And we know that you are drawing our world to your loving arms. We thank you for your blessings, the daily strength you provide. We thank you for the church, and we thank you for your word. We gather today to hear from you, to talk to you, and to praise your name. We gather as a church today and pray as the early church prayed in Acts chapter 4. And now, O oh Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. That's our prayer, Father. Our prayer is that we would be kingdom advancers, that you would strengthen us so that we might be able to strengthen others. 
We thank you for all the things you've done in our lives in spite of the pandemic. We come to you, Father, asking you to unleash your church. May it be your hands and your feet during this time. And as we open up your word, a very familiar passage, we would ask God that you would give us fresh perspective that would encourage us and that we would get to know the Good Shepherd better. We pray all these things in your Son's name. Amen. I'm going to pray through Psalm 23 at the close of my message. Something I have been doing personally and with others almost daily. I'm convinced if we understand this psalm, it will grow our faith and give us wings. So before I pray through the psalm, let's try to understand it. Let me point out that the shepherd and the flock metaphor is not new. In Psalm 100, verses 1 through 3, the psalmist writes this, Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is good. He made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. You know, sheep are extremely social, easily frightened, and highly influenced animals. Sheep are dumb. They often have that reputation. They are followers and really lead by accident. And by leading by accident, I, I just simply mean that they get distracted and they start walking off the path. And other sheep see the distracted sheep. And they decide, whoa, I'm going to go with that sheep. So, yes, they lead, but by accident. Sheep need a good shepherd who lead and guides and protects and provides. David was a shepherd and understood sheep. It wasn't much of a stretch for King David to see the similarities between shepherds and flocks and God and his people. God was like a shepherd to David, and David was like a sheep to God. Let's read Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely 
Your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Let's go back to Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. As we start off, I see each word actually has very special meaning to King David. He says, the Lord, the creator, the almighty God, the king of kings. And then goes on and says, is. This is a statement of faith. There's no doubt about it. He is addressing the king of kings and saying that the Lord is my. My indicates a personal relationship. And then uses the word shepherd, which again was so familiar to those folks, a little bit harder for us to understand, but a shepherd is one who cares for the sheep. Now, we all know that there are good shepherds and bad shepherds. In other words, good shepherds are those that care well for the sheep, and bad shepherds don't. Since David knew God was a good shepherd, he could say, I have all that I need. From experience, he knows good shepherds lead and guide and protect and provide. Imagine being in a good shepherd's flock. No worries. No concerns. Moving along at the perfect pace. Eating the proper food. Drinking good water. Resting at just the right time. <laughs> Life is good for a sheep in a good shepherd's flock. Let's dig in, though, and see just how God does this for his sheep and for David in particular. Psalm 23, verse 2. David writes, He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. David's good shepherd finds green meadows for the sheep and lets the sheep rest. Again, it doesn't take too much imagination, but, but the wilderness, especially the wilderness that David was familiar, is scary. It's arid. It's desert-like. And food is often scarce. Sheep, well, they get agitated quickly. Their stomachs rule. Imagine that, which means they will eat anything and wander off trying to find it. You know, this text often in, in other translations um, is translated, makes me rest. And, and I think that can happen, but I think it's better understood as letting me rest. We all know that we can bring a horse to water, but we can't make the horse drink. And even though there are times that sheep need rest, 
and try to make them rest. I, I guess at times they do. But it's better understood as sheep walk into this lush meadow and they understand how wonderful the food is, how rich the food is. They're not afraid of enemies. They can enjoy their meal and they can rest. Basically, I think the shepherd brings the sheep past the ramen noodles to the good green stuff. So sheep are protected and nourished and really at peace, which means they can rest. Then David writes, my shepherd also leads me to water, to quiet waters. I must follow if I'm a sheep, but if I do, I will find water that will quench my thirst. Sheeps need still water or quiet water, not rushing water. But the problem with still water is it's not always fresh. It could be stagnant, filled with parasites. So a good shepherd will lead their sheep to good, fresh, still, non-moving water. You see, sheep that live the good life under a good shepherd, they eat, they drink, and they sleep. They enjoy the life. Let's go to Psalm 23, 3. Then David writes, He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. The tender care of the shepherd described in the previous verse had its intended effect. David's soul was restored by the figurative green pastures and the still water that the shepherd had provided. My shepherd renews my strength daily. A daily healthy rhythm of food, drink, and rest. My shepherd leads me. And if I follow, I bring honor to his name. You know, if I'm honest, there are lots of paths out there. And sometimes I think I know which path is right. But what David is writing is, if I listen to the good shepherd and obey or walk in his way, or follow him, I bring honor to God. I'm assuming the opposite is also true, which means if I go my own path and do my own thing and blow the shepherd off, well, in my own strength, I only dishonor the shepherd's name, or, or in this case, God's name. I find sometimes that busyness means I miss the pathway and the opportunity to bring honor. In fact, I represent the king poorly. The busier I seem to get, the less I need to rely on God. And I just rely on normal or I rely on tradition. I think a good shepherd knows what's best knows where to lead me. And when I follow, I bring great honor, great glory 
to God's name. So, the benefit of a sheep who follows is that their soul is restored, renewed. You have fresh perspective. And you get to live abundantly and bring God great glory. Then David continues to write in verse 4. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. My shepherd promises to walk with me during the scary times in my life. In other words, what David is saying is that he is enough. My shepherd is enough. God is enough, no matter what the circumstances. It's interesting, he writes, when I walk through the darkest valley. It's not if I walk through the darkest valley. We don't like dark valleys. But dark valleys are a normal part of the journey. Dark valleys force us into the arms of the shepherd. We're fearful. We don't know what lies ahead. Dark valleys change our priorities. All of a sudden, we pay attention to our shepherd. We don't feel like going our own way. We know that the only way we're going to make it is by being with the shepherd. Dark valleys seem to magnify our blindness and our need for a guide. It's amazing how often we want to do our own thing when we think we can see clearly. But as we go through darkness, as we go through difficult times, we realize our need for a guide. Dark valleys also help us appreciate green meadows. We get to enjoy the lush pasture when we get the lush pasture or, or meadow. Dark valleys also grow our faith in the shepherd. You see, the more dark valleys that we go through, the more we have experienced our shepherd, his care, his faithfulness. And we can look back and remember that during those times, our shepherd was there. Our shepherd walked with us. Our shepherd led us. Our shepherd protected us. And then David says this, I will not be afraid. I will not be fearful. He is choosing not to be afraid. Because the only reason, not because it's dark, not because it's scary, not because he doesn't know what the outcome is, not because he doesn't even understand how long he's going to be in the valley. 
but he won't be afraid because the shepherd is close beside him. Remember this, the shepherd's presence does not eliminate the presence of evil or darkness, but certainly the fear of evil. Then David says something that's, well, it's a little bit unique. Uh, Most of us aren't shepherds. We don't know what's in a shepherd's tool belt. But he says, my shepherd has a rod and a staff or or a crook. Now, there is some debate right here on whether um, David is describing one tool. But I think there's enough history to see that both of these tools were part of the shepherd's tool belt. So let's look at the rod first. The rod or the club is used for protection against predators. The shepherd would hit predators with this rod or throw the rod if he or she needed to in order to protect the sheep. But the rod or the club is also used for discipline. Shall we say the rod would persuade an obstinate sheep to listen better or quicker to their wise shepherd? You see, when a sheep was out of line, they were missing out. And in fact, times leading other sheep down a wrong path. A good shepherd would use his rod because he loved the sheep. In Psalm 89, starting at verse 30, the psalmist writes this, but if his descendants, talking about King David at the moment, forsake my instructions and fail to obey my regulations, if they don't obey my decrees and fail to keep my commands, then I will punish their sin with the rod and their disobedience with beating. Now, on the other hand, the other tool was the shepherd's staff or the shepherd's crook. Many of us are familiar with what that looks like. But we need to understand that sheep, for the most part, are perpetually afraid. The shepherd's crook is used to gently provide assistance, to point sheep in the right direction, to rescue, if need, from a crevice or from a predicament that a sheep had gotten himself into, and to encourage, to pat them on the back, to let them know that the shepherd is there. So you see, it takes both the rod and the staff to shepherd well. And this brought great comfort to David, that his good shepherd had both of them and used both of them. Let's go to verse 5. Psalm 23, verse 5. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. 
My cup overflows with blessings. David begins a second allegory here and paints a beautiful picture. He uses the word prepare, which suggests foresight and care, while a feast suggests extravagance. One of my commentators said this about this passage. A magnificent banquet is provided by a most liberal and beneficial or benevolent host, one who has the bounty to lavishly provide the spread, but also the power to protect, even if he is surrounded by his enemies. David can sit down at this table with confidence, knowing that he shall feast in perfect security. Now, let me point this out. This is odd. Normally, people are not thinking of feasting or partying when surrounded by enemies. Enemies bring angst, but not when the shepherd host is present. Life is filled with conflict, with enemies, with pandemics. But even when they're there, I can feast because of the good shepherd's provision and safety and perspective. David enjoyed feasting and had supreme confidence in the shepherd while enemies camped outside his doors. Let that sink in. Is that in spite of being surrounded by enemies, normally you would be so consumed, so agitated, so fearful, so afraid. You couldn't eat. You couldn't relax. You couldn't do life. But David says this, not only when my enemies are around me, when my shepherd is there, I not only just have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, I get to feast because my God provides. Then David says this, I am blessed. My cup cannot hold all of the blessings. David knew his cup overflowed, and so does ours. In Psalm 118, verse 29, the psalmist says this, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. In Lamentations, chapter 3, starting in verse 22, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. And then David ends this psalm in verse 6. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. (laughs) This last verse is powerful. It's a promise. I have been waiting this whole message just to get to this verse. This is going to be good. David starts off like this. Surely, I know without a doubt, I am convinced 
You can take this to the bank that my shepherd's goodness will pursue me, will run after me all the days that God gives me breath on this planet. God's goodness, the benefits of the, my relationship with him will chase after me every single day that I'm alive. And that's cool. But this next line, unbelievable. David says this, My shepherd's unfailing love will pursue me all the days that God gives me breath. The word for unfailing love, sometimes it's translated mercy in some of your Bibles. But this word is hesed or hesed. Um, Hesed is found 250 times in the Old Testament. So many scholars, from Puritan scholars all the way to those who are current in language and culture, have studied this word. It's rich, it's powerful, and it describes God. Hesed is a steadfast, rock-solid, faithful love that endures to eternity. In Isaiah 54, 10, the prophet writes this, For the mountains may move and the hills disappear, but even then my faithful love for you will remain. Hesed is a love that is so enduring that it persists beyond any sin or betrayal to mend brokenness and graciously extend forgiveness. In Lamentations chapter 3, looking at verse 31, For no one is abandoned by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he also shows compassion because of the greatness of his unfailing love, of his hesed. God's hesed denotes persistent and unconditional tenderness, kindness, and mercy. A relationship which he passionately seeks after man. Hesed expresses both God's loyalty for his people, along with a commitment to keep his promises. Another commentator said this, In general, one may identify three basic meanings of hesed. And these three meanings always interact. Strength, steadfastness, and love. Any understanding of hesed that fails to suggest all three inevitably lose some of its richness. Hesed is not merely love, but loyal love. It's not merely kindness, but dependable kindness. Not merely affection, but a strong, committed affection. The Hebrew word hesed is one of Jehovah's chief attributes. God's loving kindness is offered to his people who need redemption from sin and enemies and troubles. Hesed is the love that can be counted on 
decade after decade. It's not about the thrill of romance, but the security of faithfulness. Can you let Hesed sink in? God's unfailing love, God's Hesed, is better than anything in life. The psalmist writes in Psalm 63, verse 3, Your hesed, your unfailing love is better than life itself. Oh, how I praise you. This is what pursues us every day that we have breath. Then on top of those blessings... David writes this, I will live with my shepherd for eternity. There's nothing sweeter than that promise for anybody who has walked with God for any length of time. As we spend time with God and realize who he is and and the person that he is. His kindness, his grace, his justice, all of his attributes. We're so grateful. But once we close our eyes on this planet, we get to have this unbelievable relationship for all of eternity. Do you hear his promises here? Especially in light of the news today? Do we need to hear this over and over and over again that the Lord is my shepherd? Are you beginning to see why the shepherd David wrote about his shepherd? Just about every message in the last few weeks, we've always gone back to Jesus and his words while he was here on this planet and as he tried to proclaim what the kingdom of God was all about. Well, Jesus was very forthright in John chapter 10. He called himself the good shepherd. He said this, I am the good shepherd who came to give an amazing life to my sheep. Other shepherds or thieves are out to abuse the sheep, even kill them. I came to care for the sheep, to give up my life for the sheep. I sacrifice for my sheep. And my sheep, they listen to me. They follow me. They are experiencing life with the Good Shepherd. Now, Why is this so amazing? Why does this sound too good to be true? Because it is. No one will love like our God. No one will care for us like our God. No one will even discipline us like our God. Because he doesn't discipline out of anger. He disciplines out of love. And my question to you is this. 
Do you know the good shepherd? Do you know this shepherd who literally gave up his life for the sheep, for you and for me? Jesus said this in John chapter 3, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus went to a cross and died so that we might have a relationship restored to our God. Today is Palm Sunday. It's just a few days before the crucifixion. It's the time when all the people were applauding the king. They, they loved having the king around. But in just a matter of days, the crowd turned and crucified their king. God did this because he loved us. He showed his Hesed love by spreading his arms and by bleeding and by taking the, the punishment for our sin so that by faith we could receive him as Savior and that we might be able to call him our shepherd. Oh, this is good news. This is good news. As, as I wrap up, I, I, I want to just focus on one thing. Sheep won't survive without a shepherd. Sheep think they can survive. And every once in a while, by accident, they might stumble into some good water or some lush pastures. But the enemies are out there. And they cannot thrive without a shepherd. And neither can we. I'd encourage you to memorize this psalm. For me personally, I've memorized it now in three different versions. But as I said, every single day that I can remember, I have repeated this sound. I have prayed through this sound. I think it's time for me to pray through it right now. And I will pray to the one who leads and guides and protects and provides. Let me close our time in prayer. But right before I do, I want to just remind you that although we're separated, although the message is coming to you over the web, we still, our leadership team at Crosspoint, desire deeply to walk with you on the journey. If you have questions or you would like to be prayed for, would you connect with us? And let's walk together, encouraged, because, wow, we have a good shepherd. Let me pray through Psalm 23 now. 
Father, you are our shepherd. You are a good shepherd. You care for me. In spite of the times I seem to go off on my own path. Lord, when I follow you, I have all that I need. You will give me exactly what I need. You will teach me the pace I need to walk, the times I need to rest, the places I need to eat. You show me where I can quench my thirst. Thank you for letting me rest in green meadows. And forgive me, God, when I choose, well, to eat things that really don't help. Father, I I pray that I would follow you better. Lord, I thank you for renewing my strength. I thank you, Father, for guiding me along right paths. And for the privilege that as I listen to you, I get to glorify your name. I get to mirror you to others as I listen to you. Thank you for that privilege, Father. I also want to thank you that when I walk through dark valleys, when I look around and see the pandemic that is overwhelming me and us, and our world. I do not have to fear. You are close beside me. Lord, may I learn to run to you faster. May you hold me tighter. And even when I can't see any light, I will be satisfied and calm because I'm in your arms. Lord, your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. I I know that you chase away enemies, but I also know, Lord, that there are times in my life that the rod needs to be applied. I'm so stubborn at times, Father. I, I pray, Lord, that you don't give up. And I thank you for your staff. I thank you for the gentle proddings. I I thank you for the direction. I thank you even when I feel your staff, I am comforted by your presence. Lord, in some ways it blows my mind and how you can allow me to enjoy life, to feast even when enemies are outside my door. Lord, there are many times, especially during this COVID-19 time, that I have not, well, been focusing on the feast. I've been focusing on the presence of the enemy. Lord, would I be so focused on who you are and your provision for me and the way that you protect me, that the enemies wouldn't 
even affect me. Lord, I thank you for anointing me with oil. And for literally um, protecting me from the parasites and the other disease that sheep normally would get without it. I also thank you, Father, for your blessings, your unbelievable blessings. I look back and you have never let me down. You have been faithful to me for years and years and years, all the years of my life. And Lord, I am so grateful. I don't deserve it, but I am so grateful that your goodness and your hesed pursue me. They run after me. You love me unbelievably well. And you will do that all the days of my life. And Lord, someday when I close my eyes, someday when I stop breathing, I will live in the house of, of the Lord. I'll be with you. And I'll be with you forever. Lord, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful you're my shepherd. I'm grateful that David wrote this psalm. I'm grateful that we can thrive. We can experience joy that we have a good shepherd. I pray this all in your son's name, Father. Amen.